0: Welcome to the Side Talks podcast where we talk about, that's what you're supposed to pick up.
1: Uh, sandwiches. No. Movies. Movies. Just kidding.
0: Movies. We movies. do talk
1: about sandwiches sometimes. I do.
0: I do, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I I like a sandwich. Sandwich is
2: a, it's yeah, a good food. It's good stuff.
0: And if you were a sponsor that wanted to throw some sandwich money our way, we would uh, eat sandwiches, talk about how great they are. Let us know. Podcast at SidewalkFest.com. Sam will hook you up.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to... I, we, I would prefer a sponsorship, but if you just wanted to make a sandwich, well,
0: we'd take that too.
1: I'd take we'd a take sandwich at this point.
0: Anyway, I'm Rachel Morgan.
1: Uh, I'm Corey Kraft. What's up, ding dongs? Mm. Okay. Just saying hello to all the the Corey heads out there, uh, the 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 Craft fans, Craft stands. I don't know. We need it. We need a name.
0: Brett Pippin, do not encourage. We see need, what you encourage. We though. need a name. He, he encourages this.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we 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 need it. We need. It some sort of like you know we talked about uh, what's her name Doja Cat and the Kittens (laughs) Um, so
0: the Coreys. yeah I need I
1: need something like that Um, I need I need a Stan army Kittens um, which could Fairly be called I, kittens, look, let's put it this honestly. Way. Like kid, yeah. I will adopt. See what I did there? Any and all oh, man. lost, wayward kittens. Well, you can take that word. Doja Cat,
0: y'all. Doja Cat doesn't want that I word. I feel like she's so she it. She said, "Get out of the parents' house. Quit. You know, get your life together. Don't use the term kittens." So Corey is is here to try to take kittens and make something of kittens. Um, and you can have it, Corey. You can.
1: That's right. All you, all you Corey heads out there, you're now the kittens. Wow. Uh, with a Z. Uh, like that band gorillas with the z wow um I don't know if I'm digging my hole deeper yeah, here or, or you what you are you are, you are. um this is the Side Talks podcast. Uh, we are the official podcast of the Sidewalk Film Festival, and once again, as as we've said occasionally, that means everything we say on here is a deeply held belief of the organization that we oh, represent.
0: And if you are, if you decide to be a Corey's kittens, he probably won't turn on you the way that Doja Cat did, and you know, and insult your entire life and face.
1: Probably not.
0: But anyway, let's see what two people rise to the surface on that one. Um, let's talk about movies.
1: Get ready for a five-minute fight.
0: Five-minute round one fight. Five-minute fight, but guess what? Record scratch. Yep, I'm about to turn the mic over to Charlie Sanders. You remember him. Charlie, we want you back on the podcast, dude.
1: I remember Charlie.
0: But we're, we're talking I about... I see
1: Charlie pretty frequently these days, though, as we prepare for true, the festival. It's true. It's very true.
0: We're fighting about Oppenheimer Day. And, and, and when I say we, I mean, Charlie and Corey, can you believe it? This is so weird. I did want to tell both of you really, really quickly, okay. though, just a couple of really fun things about my experience in seeing Oppenheimer and the cinema. And and this is the main one. So I go, and I went with a bunch of people, and I went with um, my 93-year-old grandmother-in-law, right? Uh-huh. So, like, my my girl's grandma is still with us, cool. thankfully. And so this felt like the right thing to do. And I took my dad, it's a whole family affair, and we're sitting there in the 70-millimeter screening, and the guy in, directly in front of Mumsy, the, the 93-year-old, um, as he's getting up and the film's over, and we've been through this three-hour thing together— he his pants were around his ankles and he, he was totally naked. His ass was out. Like I mean, not naked. I mean, he had the top part on, but like his I... his butt was about half an arm's length from her face. We don't know what he was doing uh... <laughs> during Oppenheimer, but his and and then my mom said she saw him reach down and pull his pants from his ankles up. What and on I, earth? <laughs>
3: And this I, is this is
1: at
0: the the, a, at the AMC, AMC that's
1: showing seventy millimeter the one screening yes. room in the city that's doing that in yes. the middle of the day.
0: No, it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. It was it was a three it was a three something showing. Yes,
1: on a, on a weekend day, so it's a pretty yeah.
0: yeah. It's Sunday. It's pretty it's sun- busy. It's, it's, it's the Lord's Day. And he had D and B out.
1: I'm sorry to delay this fight (laughs) because Charlie's just standing
0: here. I know. But I have questions. I do too. Are there there people to the left and right of this guy? Well, let me tell you who was right to the left of him. Aaron Penhoss. What? (laughs) Aaron? Yes. Aaron was at Oppenheimer and he was sitting right next to Butt Out Man. So, yes, a person we know. But Aaron never noticed the butt. But everybody else. No, he never noticed I asked him. So anyway, yeah, so th- that went down. I also need you to know that there was a projectionist in the house, which, you know, is so rare in yeah. the screenings. And Sam, you'll love this. So during the, the Nicole Kidman, you know, lead into the film when she's, this is the other magical thing other than this man's B. Do you have the dick jar out, Brad? Of course. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, other than that, though, the projectionist, when that came on the screen and, you know, she's talking to her rigmarole about how special the movies are. And she goes, something happens when the lights dim. He hit the lights right then okay it was awesome it was awesome that's a conscientious projector
1: I like that that's good that's good
0: anyway enough of these shenanigans that I have to bring you I bet you didn't have I bet you there were plenty of D's in your screening but I bet there were no out D's and B's that you know of
1: they were all closed
0: (laughs) as not they should be as they should not be not an arm's length from my from my grandma in law
1: Christ almighty um
0: anyway i i'm going to talk about oppenheimer later but i am so happy to 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 hand these headphones over now to charlie sanders and i'm going to let y'all have a 5 minute fight
3: okay well i don't know how to follow that what an introduction for myself right. to come back into <laughs> Welcome back
1: to the podcast. My screening
3: was nothing like that. Yeah,
1: mine was normal. (laughs) Both of mine. Um, So, fuck. I'm just thrown off uh, by that whole situation. I was okay. Let me get back. I got to limber up again, get back in gladiatorial mode. There you go. Uh, Brad, why don't you go ahead and start that timer today? We are talking about Christopher <laughs> Nolan's Oppenheimer, and I'm going to throw questions at rapid fire speed at you, Charlie, as ominous music thunders on the soundtrack rapidly in your face. Tell me, tell me, why did you not like this movie? What the fuck is wrong with you?
3: Well, let me get my voice ready. Let me get, make sure that this is all ready to go, just like the Oppenheimer. Yep, yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> Oh, are we having problems already <laughs> with this? <laughs> that's what that's what everyone wanted to see. That's what everyone wanted to hear, and that's how that's how everyone left the theater, just with their their ears blasted out of their bleeding. Heads. Uh, okay,
1: so Mr. Nolan has a tendency to be pretty loud in his movies. Obviously, this is a movie about a nuclear bomb, though. I don't know what you were expecting.
3: I was not expecting <laughs> for it to feel like a nonstop Dior a, uh, perfume ad that wow, wow. was never, ever going to get started or end. It, every single scene had this piece of music that was not the same. Sure, I'll give him that. He got someone to write a new piece every <laughs> single scene, and those yes scenes lasted do. four minutes. But the movie, however, <laughs> as you know, is three hours. Three great fucking hours. Want to make sure my vocals are coming through. Seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to... Rapid fire, yes, that's exactly what the dialogue was. was extremely hard to pay attention to extremely hard to get into extremely hard to love I couldn't love this film because everything was an argument every single conversation was a was a fight it was all five minute fights for three hours over some, and over. some people might call that like dramatic stakes I could maybe uh, agree with that if it was not clearly a stylistic choice that has not only been done in Oppenheimer it has been done in Tennant and Inception, and to a degree, the Batman films, but it wasn't as obvious there because it was a comic book movie, and those movies are supposed to be putting you on edge. This movie is supposed to be a film about a historical figure, a guy who, uh, you know, for better or worse, uh, cursed mankind. But that's a whole different argument entirely that I also will bring to the table, which is that I knew this film was just going to completely have a... I don't know what you want to call it, a a whitewashing of history, sort of, so to speak, about, about what happened down there in the Los Alamos community. I just felt like I got more of that story from other places other than this film. And the other thing is, I wouldn't know because it was hard to pay attention after an hour and a half because the freaking dialogue didn't stop. It was just relentless, relentless, relentless talking. But great. In a way. Like, I, In a way? I, I, you can't even defend it. <laughs> no, you can't no, even come uh, at like, me correct. Fundamentally, you don't seem to like Christopher Nolan's style. Okay. I think I'm realizing uh-huh. upon watching Oppenheimer that maybe I'm not the biggest fan. Okay? Okay. And I, and I I will concede that maybe this has more to do with style over substance. Uh, but unfortunately, uh-huh. it doesn't. Because why... <laughs> All of the substance was a perfume ad, as I mentioned. The cool visual effects. It's a perfume that, uh, ad about the destruction of humanity. The cool, and, and hey, you know what? I could investigate that a little. I could, I, I could hear a little bit <laughs> more about. That's what Nicholas
1: how. Winding Refn makes perfume ads about the destruction of humanity.
3: All I'm trying to say is that it never ended. It never got started, and I don't know what any of it was about. Well,
1: well okay. I mean, for one, the narrow focus, you know, that puts us entirely in Oppenheimer's. Perspective, right? Except for these black and white segments over and over and over and over and over to a more sort of objective look from possibly Robert Downey Jr.'s perspective. Anyway, I like all that. I like the narrow focus. I like the intensity because the intensity, of course, you say it's just a stylistic thing. I think it fits the substance here, which is. As Matt Damon's character screams at one point, the most important fucking thing to ever happen in the history of the world. Matt Damon's great in this movie. Let me also go
3: ahead and say that it's silly that this film was shot in an IMAX camera all the way through. Oh, it was so good. Why is that? You might ask. Like why, why, why? Because every single shot was a medium shot of one actor. Talking with another actor, we got to get that silly in medium
1: close shot. up. We got to
3: get those crags and those valleys in that face. You had a better time doing this type of style in David Lynch's Inland Empire when it was an experimental piece. Well, not with an IMAX <laughs> camera that cost what was the budget? couple hundred million dollars? No, I think it was relative. I mean, it was cheaper than Indiana Jones 5. I will say, I hate when movies are shot halfway in IMAX and the formatting goes back and forth. So I will, yeah, I I don't will say, like I, that I love I love that he did decide to do that. But guess what? He didn't
1: have to. He didn't have to, but he did because he wanted to and it was super badass.
3: But all of the effects that you see in the trailers that are supposed to hook you in to know more about how cool it's going to uh-huh. look with to see the bomb. You didn't get to see any of that. I thought it was
1: great. As I said in a previous episode, so Sam, yeah, Sam is going to render judgment
3: to read back my facts.
2: <laughs> hmm. Oppenheimer. Okay. When you like a countdown to a nuclear explosion or something. Um, <clears throat>
1: now this is the one that's about the guy who invented the bomb, Sam, <sighs> not the one about the doll. <laughs>
2: That oh shit! I need to redo my notes. Um, no, um, okay. I mean, honestly, once the credits rolled, I think we can all relate to that pantsless guy. I, I don't mean, think
1: we can. <laughs>
2: I mean, don't know what you're I talking I cannot about. relate yeah, to that. That was not... You didn't feel like your socks were blown off. I've seen you didn't... it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, okay, I'm gonna okay, say that was good. I'm gonna give Charlie at least ten thousand points for that incredible intro, which just actually <laughs> completely nailed. No one's sound mixing, which yeah, is unfortunately back at it again in full force. I mean, great full force, and it's it's. <laughs> I think it's a little frustrating because it really doesn't have to sound like that. It could sound so much clearer. It, it, but it sounds cool. <laughs> it sounds cool and good. But it could sound so much better. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I cool. think. I think a three-hour movie about that's mostly just entirely men in boring meetings in courtrooms, just talking and talking. Not boring, though. Kind of has to have Nolan's signature style to be engaging. I know you're coming down on my the, side here,
1: ultimately, but I'm going to quibble with everything oh yeah. that you say.
2: Um, <laughs> thanks for the support. Um, um, let's see. And, yeah, I think, I feel like Charlie's caught up in all the technical aspects of it and not the story of its of its. I don't know, the entire movie itself, technical aspects included, um, which I saw in 70mm was super cool. It felt very old school. With did you take your pants flickering. off? I, at the very end, I w- did not know where they were. d and D out uh, fully. Um, I mean, yeah, I hate to side against the, spe- the special guest here, but it is kind of tough to find faults in this movie. I mean, they definitely exist, but you really just got to pick it apart. To I find laid them.
3: them out for you! <laughs>
2: Like a, buffet,
3: like a buffet, like a buffet. Sam just and chose not, not to select from that side of the yep. buffet. Yep. I will take my 10,000 points and
2: declare myself a winner. And Corey gets a million points. I wow. don't think you can
1: just do that when you've lost I didn't say a, an the winner. People I said, are getting in trouble about that. I said a winner. of what
3: he has done. <laughs> I said a winner, not the winner. He's
1: going to assemble a, a, a group of false electors in critical swing states. And No, anybody? Topical jokes? <laughs> All right. Well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And now, a look at what we're watching this week.
0: So I'm I'm gonna knock this out pretty quickly I think and let you know what I've been watching. Are
1: you gonna talk about the non dick and balls and butt related really elements quickly, of Oppenheimer? I don't
0: need to talk too long about Oppenheimer. Plenty of people are talking about this film. Yeah,
1: because it's a great I, movie, the I best movie of the decade. I, you know so far? what's
0: funny? I kind of fall right in the middle between you and Charlie. I, I didn't. I would have argued on on the side that Charlie took uh-huh. for sure. Um, if he didn't, if he wasn't here to, to do that for me, but he felt very passionately about it. I don't necessarily feel passionately. I kind of got halfway through the film and felt a little like, oh, okay, this is what we're gonna do. It's it's not gonna stop. It's gonna we're just gonna hold it right there. It, it's not enjoyable or um, innovative. I don't think in the way that Uncut Gems does, but there mm. is it, it. It all lives at this one particular level. Different and, style, and
1: but I see what you the,
0: mean. The the, the the sort of I do feel a little waterboarded. Um, I do feel like. The, the, Again, I feel a little like what Charlie's saying, which is it's I'm overwhelmed by the soundtrack. I'm overwhelmed by the melodrama. I'm overwhelmed by the dialogue. I can keep going and going and going with this. It's a lot of cutting. And the movie's working way harder than it needs to. I do think all those things. But at the same time, I think those are all choices. Those are all choices. You can make those choices. You can justify those choices. You can, um, you know, those choices are, I think the decisions in the film are motivated. You know, yeah, it's just not what I. It's not the film I would have made.
1: Okay. Fair enough. And
0: I do take a little issue with the sort of let's let's shine a bright light on Oppenheimer. I, I I disagree with you a little bit about the fact that this is that this is some kind of piece other than a hero piece. It oh, does feel like a hero mm, piece to me, no. Cory. It really does.
1: It's too complicated for that. I disagree. I, I, mm, I don't I, agree with I, that I think at all. It's,
0: I think it's it's more complicated than it needs to be, but not mm. but but not in regards to character development. It's more complicated than it needs to be in regards to storytelling but not in regards to, to, to character development. That's my opinion. And of course, you know me. I, this is the other thing I'll acknowledge. I'm probably not going to like this film like a lot of other people are because it's wall-to-wall D. Get the <laughs> dick jar out. I mean, it is, I've just never, and, and honestly, the, the women in the film are the mm-hmm. most interesting part to me, even though- They're pretty mm-hmm. interesting
1: figures that you know some critics have, have suggested are not as well-served by they're this not, movie they're as not. the other elements.
0: They're not. Um, uh, I think it, But his, they're great. His his wife has some of the best shit. Uh, Oppenheimer's yeah. wife has some of the best shit to do in this film, in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. and uh, and isn't on screen long enough. But nobody's on screen that long in the sense of like every single scene is like a you know you just kind of got slapped across the face really quickly and we moved on. It's it's a bit of a scrambled egg to me, but again, I'm, I'm I see why you like it. I get it. And if you're a Nolan head, this is your thing. Well, you're I'm gonna, a Nolan gonna, head. gonna lean in and dig it. Um, I, you know I, I don't. It's not a it's not a complete fucking disaster. I'll say that. It's not a complete fucking disaster.
1: They're gonna take that quote and put it on the Blu-ray box. I appreciate that,
0: man. Uh, I appreciate that. When it comes
1: that. out in a couple months.
0: I kind of enjoyed the experience of seeing it. Yeah. But I don't want to do it again. You know?
1: Done it twice. Had a yeah. fantastic time both times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I agree with uh with Charlie. I think that the seventy mil. You know, there's some other shit we could have done. And I do think there was a missed opportunity. And this is me getting very specific because I will say, I think that there are, um, you know, everybody choices are being made for a reason. I get that. But I think it's a missed opportunity to not actually take a moment to express to everybody the horror and what we did mm-hmm. by just, there's <clears> a moment when he's watching the footage. Yes. Just show the footage. And, and I, I understand why you're shaking your head no, and I understand that there could be all kinds of justification, reasoning, and arguments for what Nolan decided to do. Uh-huh. But I do think that everything about it feels like a movie, and it feels like a narrative, and it, it I feel a little disconnected from, from the importance of what this film is actually about mm-hmm. and the gravity of what this film is about. And I think that just giving people the truth of what, the consequences were would have elevated this film and would have gotten it around some of the issues I'm having with it and just show these show these images from Hiroshima because it, it's that is the reality of what that of what his invention and his innovative really I can't call it his own invention his sure. innovation right along with a lot of other people it it is that is what happened that is the outcome
3: yeah
1: um I don't think that the movie pays that short shrift I hear what you're saying yeah um, and I don't have the most cogent defense off the top of my head, other than I would say that those are pretty famous images. Like keeping them off screen, but letting you fill in the gaps in your memory I and see how he. You I know, think that
0: you're well educated. Sure. Person. Okay. And I don't think that I don't think that a lot of people can can pull those images to mind
1: i'm just more interested in that moment in how he is responding and his response we can have both is fascinating to me we can have both okay i hear what you're saying i just i i didn't personally see the need for it it feels like at some point during the development nolan set a line for himself and that line was no documentary footage, no depiction of the real-world impact of these and bombs. I think
0: that's a mistake. And, you know, I, I had lived my whole life, obviously, having heard about the Holocaust uh-huh. and having heard about World War II and my grandma, my grandfather fought in World War sure, II sure, sure. and all of this kind of stuff, right? And, and I don't think it was until I was an undergraduate in college and watched, what is it, Night and Fog? Night
1: and Fog, which is and yeah. saw
0: these images right. of the stacks of glasses, I don't think it really hit me because you learn about it at such a young age. You sure. kind of get that world history stuff and it feels very much like part of the landscape, but part of this landscape that feels like the thing we studied in school, the, it, it's, you don't have that human connection to it. And I felt a little the same here. I huh. felt a little okay. like, I'm not, I'm feeling like I'm watching this melodrama and and somebody's, a recounting of somebody's life, but I'm not feeling a connection to what, to, to the gravity of the situation. And so that is it. that is a criticism for me. It doesn't mean that I'm going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You know, I mean it doesn't mean this film is worthless to me or that I'm angry about it. I just I just think he's he's thinking more about representing Oppenheimer's story and and is favoring that over an opportunity to recount this historical impact, you right. know. So that's it. And then I will say really, so I'm, I'm just kind of lukewarm about the film, to yeah. say the truth. But I, I respect your opinion on it and I respect your love of it because I, I can see that. I could see that. Uh, and then I'll mention really quickly, I, I watched a film that you recommended last night. Okay. Uh, I got it from, I got three screeners from a oscilloscope last night, watched all three of them. Our wonderful rep at Oscilloscope sent them to me at like 11 p.m. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what are you doing up? And she was like, what are you doing up? And then when I emailed her this morning and said, we're going to program this one film, she was like, hey, did you sleep last night? I said, no. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's the it's, fun uh, kind it's of August. programmer-distributor relationship yeah. we have. She goes, gah. Anyway, um, and and I, I slept a couple hours, but it was it's a film called Sometimes I Think of Dying. Yeah, and it is in the lineup. This is not we're not doing a big reveal here. You can go find. I I liked I did like the film a lot. Yeah. This is, it's a good time for us to begin talking about. It's some a really of the films it's a really sweet movie. It it is in in some ways I think sweet, in other ways I I think it's it's kind of cold. Well, the I, character you know, maybe, is she she's
1: yeah. sort of she's she's an aloof and sort of distant character. This this main character named Fran, played by. Daisy Ridley of Star Wars, who is this very awkward, quiet office worker who kind of retreats into these sort of fantasy daydreams at times to try to escape interacting with her coworkers or anybody
0: the office stuff i think is really funny and yeah really it good. is and uh mvp here to me are a couple of folks but the one woman who is also on hacks right. who kind of plays the same character but i don't care because that character i could just keep watching and watching and watching yeah. especially if you've ever worked in an op like a corporate or like even a smaller office environment this thing is it's it's kind of like real life office space yeah anyway I, I i just mentioned this because i just watched it really there's plenty of films in the lineup to talk about but i did want to say i do think you like this thing a lot more than i do uh, I, I lean yeah, I, I leaned off of it a lot, but there is one moment in the film that I thought after I watched the moment I'm gonna I think we should program this and that is the uh, and it the donut shop moment. yeah that's what I and, thought you were gonna say and The donut that's shop. that's a really moment.
1: wonderful scene it
0: is and it's the woman what's interesting about it and what I really want to think through I've, I've got less than 24 hours on this thing as y'all can hear but what I w- really want to think through is that it's the sentiment that she's expressing this this actor in the scene the sentiment she's expressing is not a sentiment that's new to me or that hasn't been expressed in films before it has yeah. and it's something we all know and you know it's sort of poignant but in a way that we can you know kind of all stop and Contemplate, and and again, it's something you've seen in films dozens of times. But there is something about the moment that feels so unique yeah. and different in this film. And I don't know exactly what it is. But I think it, it's that was performance. Really, it is in part, yeah. Um, I, I was really taken by it. Anyway, I, I I recommend seeing it if for nothing else than for the sort of build up to that moment, which I think that's the other thing is I think you kind of you can't just have that moment come at the twenty five yeah. percent mark. You know, you kind <clears> of get <throat> to this place, and the fact that her big sort of. Her, her big thing in this film is we've talked a little bit about the character is is buying donuts for the office is, is what you know, what would be Oprah giving a car, right. you know, it's sort of her version of that. I mean, she does. She's not the person who does this. And so it's a moment for her of really trying to kind of make amends and 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 I don't know, become become a friend in some ways. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it's a good scene and I, and I recommend the film. Even yeah. though I don't love it. <laughs>
1: well, we're, we're playing that film um, Sunday, August 27th, I think. Sunday morning. Yep. Forget the precise time, but you can find that. That's at, like 10, um, 1030-ish. It's something a, it's like a that. It's a good time
0: for it, actually. Yeah. it's
1: You know you wake up uh, after the big uh, Saturday night party. You you get a cup of coffee. You come see uh, this really lovely movie, Sometimes I Think About Dying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I, I really like that movie, so I'm glad to see it in the lineup.
0: Yeah. And so, anyway, I talked longer than I, I said I was going to. I par- apologize for that. But what what have you been watching? Well, that's okay,
1: because I, I have probably less to say. I saw the new A24 horror movie Talk to Me. I was not overly... Thrilled with it. I didn't really like that it merch there, y'all.
0: Y'all need to go look merch at this is mer- cool. The merch the th- is they so.
1: They're selling uh, like a porcelain replica of the hand prop. Is that right?
0: Well, they're doing that, but it's like, think think about the most gruesome scene in a movie, like, and yeah. what's happened to a character in a movie and ever. Just the, the image and they've just take the image of that and put it really big on a t shirt. And hardcore. it's just, yeah, it's like balls out, y'all. This Especially
1: because that fucking kid in the movie is just like Mr. Bill. He's just getting right. the shit kicked out of him time. I mean, the it's, it's
0: the most, some of the most, they did gruesome merch yeah. with Pearl too, but it's just, you know, yeah. it's really inappropriate, not suitable for work wear, and I, and I think it's really hilarious.
1: Anyway, I thought this movie was okay. You know, I was pretty engaged with it for about half of it and then yeah. it kind of runs out of gas. Uh, um, you and
0: know, Modern horror.
1: It's, it's one of those situations where they had a really cool concept sure. and they had a really cool ending and it feels like they were just like, okay, well we've got to get to this ending and they didn't quite nail it. Like, I'm
0: hoping to see it tomorrow because you know what? Yeah. You didn't like bodies, bodies, bodies. That's true. And we disagree a lot.
1: We do. And I
0: am excited to see it. I think the trailer looks great. It looks more fun than a lot of horror that's out right now. Yeah. I actually reached out to A24 and said, can we put this in the lineup? And they said no. So, yeah. yeah well, we love plain. you, A24. Anyway, Lisa Ritchie, that's that's my girl. But um, at the same time, like, y'all could have given us this damn film. Listen, Cameron, even Lisa, though y'all come on.
1: I didn't like this movie very much. Um, I still like A twenty four very much. If you're listening,
0: don't be mad don't at me. Don't worry, they know. I
1: uh I bought the whale on Blu ray. Does that help? They don't care. Does that help? <laughs> they don't
0: give a shit. Um, people are going to get a twenty-four tattoos as we speak, so you know we don't Im- we don't impress on them much. <laughs> um, anyway, anything else? Though? Yeah,
1: I, just real quick, want to mention uh, a little double feature I did of a couple movies I had never seen before that are kind of monumental action classics uh, from director John Woo. Some of his Hong Kong action movies from nineteen eighty-nine, The Killer, and from nineteen ninety-two. Uh Hardboiled. And um these are these cool. both star Chow Yun Fat. Um boiled also stars Tony Lung, who, you know, just the two of them together makes that one of the fucking coolest movies ever made immediately. Um, these are just like grand melodramatic, operatic uh bullet ballets. There are more gunshots in both of these movies than just about any other movie ever made, I would have to think. Um they are so endlessly badass um and just the sort of like perfectly overwrought cheesy but wonderful action spectaculars that's that things like the john wick movies have been chasing and and damn near reached i'll have to say but um anyway both of them are great i think that they are hard to see these days because they're stuck like the the corpse of the Weinstein Company is still grasping the rights of Sad. these things. Sad. So um, nothing can be done about that, I guess, until a bunch of lawyers untangle a bunch of things um, or rights expire. Uh, we'll get or around. Something. We'll
0: get around it at some point, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, just the fact, and this is neither here nor there, but those motherfuckers had their tendrils wrapped around so many amazing movies that now that they are no longer a business concern in Hollywood have been become functionally not available. Um, Right. And, um, that's one of a lot of reasons to dislike, uh, Harvey Weinstein.
0: (laughs) What a son of a bitch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, probably not near the top of the list, but on the list. Right. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of stuff for the festival too, but, um, that lineup, again, is at SidewalkFest.com. And uh, why don't you get a ticket or a pass or, you know, several. Come see some movies that we uh, have very thoughtfully picked for you all. Yeah.
0: No, It's not random, y'all. Yeah, We actually think we, through this shit. We didn't just uh,
1: throw a dart at a dartboard and land on.
0: Even though. It's uh-oh. a great idea for a series.
1: Uh-oh. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm into it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Aw Fudge and Southern Air. What? These are two celebrity restaurants. I'm just now entering my celebrity restaurant phase. Do you know what Aw Fudge is?
1: Because you need to know. Paula Deen's restaurant. No. Oh, no.
0: No, girl. No. This is Jessica Beale's restaurant.
1: Why does Jessica Biel have a restaurant it's called All RIP?
0: It isn't there anymore. Oh, okay. Sorry. Shocker, Sorry, okay? Jess. But this is a celebrity restaurant that was sh- I couldn't I couldn't have time to figure out when it was shuttered, but maybe maybe this is a pandemic thing, I don't uh-huh. know. Anyway, it was um it was riddled with issues. All kinds of issues. But it's not um, just like a
1: fudge place.
0: No, I'm about to get I'm about to let you know a little bit more about what it does, but but they part of why they closed is because apparently the owners were not paying the employees properly. You they, gotta do yeah. that. I mean, also if you're Jessica Biel, just just pay your, you the employees. This yeah, is come out, on. this is outrageous. Anyway, yeah, they're underpaying employees, and the owners were holding out, holding the tips back for themselves. What? I don't know if that's actually you know if if, if Miss Timberlake knew. I know. I had. I, cu- I couldn't help it. Are they yeah, still yeah, married? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, I don't know if she knew or not, but you know, I mean, one would think that she should have better control. Anyway, point of the matter is, is that this was a you're going to love this concept. I need everybody to hold under their hats for okay, this. Okay, I'm holding. Um, sort of a high-end Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, My hat just flew off my head. And it was often referred to as a Soho house for kids, which is one of my favorite misguided concepts I could ever imagine. What oh man,
1: does that even look like?
0: Well, it looks like I from what I read the Jezebel review and I got so confused. It was, it was kind of like watching Oppenheimer. I need to, (laughs) I need to like try to take a minute and process it. And I just did it. Okay. But it sounds like there's some childcare in one area and that Uh. there's some like kid stuff. There's like, you know, like French toast sticks or like grilled cheese sticks, but then there's also caviar.
2: Right. Sure, so, yeah.
0: And I think there was a lot of there was a lot of talk in this Jezebel review that I read, which I recommend going to read because it is in, it is a crazy review. And it's a lot of talk about like fifteen dollar um, pieces of, of birthday cake in quotes. But it's just cake. You know, it's like birthday cake is just cake. And so anyway, fifteen dollar pieces of cake and all kinds of other mess. But my favorite part about the review is that the reviewer does a really good job of kind of accounting her entire experience at off edge uh-huh. And Jessica feels was there. She was there. She was sitting at the counter, and then when she said she got up to go pay, there was also there's a lot of other celebrities bringing their kids there. By the Great. way, during this interview, um, during this review, that uh, the woman was there for two hundred thirty dollar bill she had to take what her kids to fuck? lunch. Anyway, when she was leaving, she said Jessica Beale and what she who she clocked as her sort of business partner were standing in line to, I guess, pay. They, too, were going to, I guess she's going to be like, I'm going to pay, you know, my own restaurant anyway. Um, and she stepped Jessica Buell stepped out of line to kind of let her go ahead and then stepped over to the bar area uh-huh. and said, can I get you to pack up some of those fudgy brownies? Justin loves them. Oh, my God. And, she, and the reviewer goes on for quite a while, as she should, as she has the right to, about why would you even mention that? Like, first of all, just put them in the bag yourself. Do you really need to ask you own the restaurant? But in addition to that, do do in, did we need the announcement that Justin loves these brownies?
1: That so. was that was for the reviewer's benefit. Oh, totally. Right?
0: Like, it must be. It, yeah. I think it was for everybody's benefit. Yeah. Anyway, maybe just quit focusing on bagging up these brownies and pay your employees and you'd still be here. Eh, well, I don't know not. about that. Maybe not. You're right, you're right. And then Southern Air. This is gonna be a tough call for you.
1: Uh because
0: Southern Air restaurant was Chuck Berry's notorious nineteen eighties era restaurant. Oh my god. And it and it closed. It
1: but, too was high in Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Yeah, <laughs> probably. Except oh boy. Lawsuits were filed in nineteen eighty nine because Chuck Berry had put cameras in the bathroom. Yeah,
1: you don't say. Like <laughs>
0: So, um, yeah,
1: we, we knew, we knew, oh
0: boy. And so Chuck. that was actually a successful restaurant, except he was, you know, filtering footage for his fetish. I'm not going to fetish shame, but you got to get consent, bruh.
1: Chuck Berry did <laughs> not do that. <laughs> anyway, um,
0: this is a hard decision for you. Are oh, you, are you going with Southern air, which I like to say is Southern air, or are you going as all fudge, which I like to say is all fudge. Neither one are good. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Neither one are good. They're both getting up to no good. They're both nasty.
1: I feel like I'm coming across as a pervert no matter which way I go here. <laughs> uh, right? Like I either go with like the upscale like uh, bougie kids play area whatever. Which feels icky. Yeah, which is gross cuz I'm a 36-year-old childless man, but I also don't necessarily want to be associated with covertly filming people in the bathroom. Yeah. But one of, lawsuit seems of worse than the other. The two I guess I'll go with the Chuck Berry restaurant.
0: Oh Fudge. <laughs> I'm really happy with where I landed on that. Aren't you Brad? Wouldn't you rather have Aw Fudge? Be. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. Oh, well, man. thank you for listening to the Oh Fudge podcast. Great name for a podcast. Sure Just is. Great. Just great. It's it's freaking terribly uh terrible and by the way, she also the reviewer also said when she got there that the They didn't even, they said, welcome to O Fudge. Like they didn't even. (laughs) I mean, and it's literally spelled A U space and then the word fudge. Oh my God.
1: Well, they should get the name of their restaurant right. That's enough for today. Thank you to Boutwell Studios. Thanks, Brad. And why don't you visit us online at sidewalkfest.com? Get yourself a pass or a ticket or several tickets or several passes or hell, I don't know, rent out a whole damn. Room to yourself. You can't do that. Uh, At the Sidewalk Film Festival, which is coming up uh, August 21st through 27th in downtown Birmingham, we've got an exciting lineup of films, so many films, features, and shorts, along with parties, panels, special events, musical performances. The list goes on, and you can see that long list of stuff to do in downtown Birmingham once again at SidewalkFest.com. That's all I got.
0: That's all we need.
1: Buy kittens.
0: No, no. Batwell Studios podcast division. Your words, our expertise.